Hello, welcome to Bible Read Me. I'm Charles Van Dersen. Today I will begin summarizing the readings beginning with January the 29th. In today's reading, Elihu finished up his speeches. It is a little ironic that he accused Job of being arrogant while he claimed that he's telling nothing but the truth and that he was a man of great knowledge. Reference Job chapter 36 verse 4. His theme is less about the punishment for his past sins and more about seeing God in his suffering and worshiping him because there is some benefit to suffering. Reference Job chapter 33 verses 24 through 26. He touted the erroneous paradigm that causing man to suffer is God's way of getting the wicked man's attention so that once he repented, all his years would then be prosperous and pleasant. Reference chapter 36 verse 11. Elihu did point Job and the reader to God more than the others, but he too is unaware of the real heavenly drama. However, he is correct in saying that Job's despair of God's decisions was sinful, as Job also did admit this in chapter 42, verse 6. January the 30th. Finally, God spoke. Before he corrected Job's friends, he set Job straight. But there is no indication that he ever revealed to Job the heavenly drama behind the reason for his suffering. Only that God's wisdom is so great that Job, and we as well, should rest in his trustworthiness. So now Job finally got his, quote, day in court, end quote. But after God challenged Job's inflated self-assessment, Job quickly admitted that he had said too much already when he criticized God and would now become silent. January 31. Today we finish the book of Job. God challenged Job's insolence and presumption that, quote, God had been unfair, unquote. Satan's allegation that Job loved only God for his blessings and protection was nullified. Job humbled himself before God's divine sovereignty and power. Job's friends were chastised for having misrepresented God and for blaming Job's supposed actions as the cause for his suffering. God affirmed that a blood sacrifice, prayer, and mediation are essential for receiving forgiveness. Job's fortunes were restored, and his wife had to give birth to ten more kids. That makes twenty in total. Dr. Elmer Towns, in his book, Bible Answers for Almost All of Your Questions, Thomas Nelson, on page 368, says that Satan can only do what God permits him to do, that God is greater than any problem that we may face, that because our lives are finite, that our problems won't last forever, and finally, that any problems that we think we have is nothing compared to the loss of what Job suffered in his family and health. February 1. Today we begin reading the book of Exodus. Remember that we had left the Israelites in Egypt following Joseph's instructions that one day when they returned to their homeland that they were to gather his bones and take them with them when they returned. 
Today we see how God blessed the Israelite population and how the arrogant Egyptians began to fear the developing numbers and strength of the Israelis in fear that they may join their enemies if they ever went to war. So they enslaved the Israelis in an attempt to slow down their reproduction. When that plan failed, Pharaoh ordered that the infant boys were to be killed, first by the midwives at birth, then later, when that plan failed, by drowning them in the Nile River. Here we find the first event of righteous civil disobedience mentioned in Scripture. It was during this time that Moses was born, then raised in Pharaoh's palace by his daughter, and eventually he fled Egypt as a fugitive murderer. In Midian, near Mount Sinai, after shepherding for forty years, God commissioned Moses from the burning bush. He gave Moses three signs of authenticity that would prove his divinely given authority. One, his staff would turn into a snake and then back again. Two, his hand, when he put it into his coat and pulled it out, would be diseased. And then when he put it back into his coat and pulled it back out, it would not be diseased, it would be healthy. And then three, the water of the Nile River, when it was poured out onto the ground, would turn to blood. February 2. Eighty-year-old Moses returned to Egypt to confront Pharaoh, but instead of instantly becoming a hero, he was hated by the Israelites, because instead of bringing relief, he caused Pharaoh to increase their stress. In reply to Moses' expressed disappointment, God stated that although the patriarchs knew him as El Shaddai, they would now know him as Yahweh. He had not yet revealed the essence of his name, which he was about to demonstrate to the world through the Exodus events of his personal claim of the Israelite clan, the overwhelming plagues he would inflict on their captors, the Israelites' deliverance, Moses' presentation of the law, and the conquest of the Promised Land as their reward. One of God's main objectives repeated throughout Scripture is stated in Exodus chapter 7, verse 5, that being that everyone would know that He is the Lord. Finally, in response to Pharaoh's demand for Moses to produce a miracle, Aaron's staff turned into a snake and ate up all the magician's staves that they had also turned into snakes. February 3. Today's reading begins with the ten great plagues against Pharaoh of Egypt. The purpose was a redemptive one for all humanity. God said, quote, You will know that there is not one like me in all the earth, also to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. End quote. The sequence of the plagues at first may appear by some to be a natural result of the former plague. However, this paradigm cannot logically apply to all ten, so they are each an individual miracle of God's judgment and are not linked. The first plague was the turning of all the above-ground water into blood. The second was to produce innumerable frogs. The third was to produce gnats. The fourth plague of flies was different because God began here to protect the Israelites and inflict only the Egyptians. The fifth plague was against the livestock. The sixth was the plague of boils. The seventh plague was of hail that destroyed everything in the open air.
February 4. God reiterated that the purpose of the plagues was so that, at least to the Israelis in particular, it would be known that God is the Lord. The eighth plague was that of the destruction by the locusts. The Egyptian officials complained that Pharaoh is allowing Moses to hold the country hostage by refusing to release the Israelis. The penultimate plague was that of total darkness. Watch out for the Nile crocodiles. Finally, the great exodus from Egypt occurred following the tenth plague of death to all the firstborn males of every home without the prescribed blood on the door frames. This was a major historical event that is rich in theological significance. God started the Hebrew calendar at this time, commemorating the event. How interesting that the current world yearly count began with another great Passover event, the year of our Lord Jesus. What especially distressed the Egyptians was the fact that their boys had no time to be ritually embalmed because there were too many of them. Reference Numbers chapter 33 verse 4. This completes this week's summary. My next episode will begin reading from February 5th. I look forward to your visit then. May God bless you.